Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, and whether you call Collective your church home or you are just checking us out, we hope you are encouraged and inspired to take the next step in your journey toward the grace and truth of Jesus. For more information about Collective, you can visit us online at mycollective.church or follow us on social media at mycollectivechurch. Now, let's get into today's message. When I was in college, I took a snowboarding class. You heard me right, a snowboarding class. During the second semester of my sophomore year, I got to skip any class I wanted on Tuesday or Thursday to go snowboarding 10 times. Now, some of you are wondering, did he go to a real college? I did. Others of you are wondering, what class did he skip? Science. I was in a class called How Things Work, and I skipped it every Tuesday for a semester. Needless to say, I'm not completely sure how a jet engine works, but I do know how to snowboard, neither of which actually helped me in the real world. The first time I got to the mountain, the person who gave me my lift ticket asked if I'd ever been snowboarding before. And I told them no, but I was pretty athletic, so I figured I would pick it up fast. How hard could it be? It's very hard. For some reason, I didn't even take lessons. I just went straight on the lift. And if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding before, you've experienced this, right? You get off the lift, and all of a sudden, you're in this little chute. And the chute pushes you out to the mountain. And then you legitimately have to ski or snowboard all the way down. There is no lift to jump back on to go back up and come back down. And so I took off. And by took off, I mean I went a few feet and fell on my face. Then I got back up and fell again. Eventually, I learned how to stay standing, but that is when the panic of stopping set in. Over the next few months, I got better at snowboarding, but I never really fell in love with the sport, and I've never been back, and I think I know why. I don't like snowboarding because I feel out of control. I feel like the snow is in charge, and the truth is I wanted to look a little bit like this, right? Smooth, I think the phrase is shredding down the mountain, grabbing the side of my board for some reason. I think it looks cool. But what ended up happening was I really looked like this. <laughs> That's not me, by the way. Some of you are like, that looks just like him. It's not, okay? But even as I got better, I never fully felt like I was in control of my body my speed, or whether or not I was going to zoom past the bottom of the lift and straight off the edge of a cliff. I don't like not being in control. And even though I'm talking about snowboarding, a lot of you feel the same way when it comes to your life. And so tonight, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about this idea of letting go of control and how the story of the birth of Jesus can help us let go and experience life to the fullest and a life that is full of freedom and hope and joy. Now, how many of you would honestly say that there's one area of your life where you love control, right? Your family, maybe it's your career, maybe it's your kids. Truth is, some of you right now are nudging the person next to you, but you actually are the one who struggles with control. And I think this desire for control is felt year-round, but even more so at Christmas, right? You want to control everything at Christmas, You want to control who comes to town to visit. Because last year, your cousin drank a little bit too much and tried guessing who everyone voted for in the presidential election. Right? You want to control what gifts you receive. You heard me right. What gifts you receive. 
Weeks ago, you sent out an Amazon wish list and you check it on the regular because you don't trust your parents to pick things out that you really want or really need. Because for some reason, every single year they get you underwear and you're 35 and you don't need underwear from them anymore. Right? You want to control what food is served at the Christmas dinner. Because Aunt Janet thinks she knows how to make a turkey, but every year it tastes like cardboard. You want to control how your kids open gifts, what church you check out, what parties you do go to, what parties you don't go to, all of it. We want control. And in a season like Christmas that often feels like we're out of control, we feel that tension right now more than any other time of the year. And so if you're like me and you like control, you want control, you don't like not being in control, I hope today brings you some freedom as you move toward letting go. And to do that, what we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on one of the most important people in the Christmas story. We're gonna focus on Mary, Jesus's mother, and quite possibly the person who had the least control over what was going on. So let's read the story starting in Luke 1, verse 26. This is what it says. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, some of you relate to this story because you may be confused about something going on in your life right now. Right? You find yourself thinking, why in the world is this happening? Why am I here? I never thought that I would experience this. Now, some of you may feel disturbed about something going on in your life. You're thinking, I can't handle this. I don't know what we're going to do. I need to figure this out. I never thought at this point I'd be experiencing this thing that I'm going through right now. Mary was confused and disturbed. The story continues. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And Mary responded, this is not convenient for me, right? This is not in my five-year goals. That's not part of my plan. I'm supposed to get married to Joseph soon. I wanna look good at that wedding. Can we wait till after that day, right? God, I appreciate the offer, but can you find another person? But that's not how she responded. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. There's another version of this story that I like. It comes from the translation known as the ESV, which is the English standard version. And it says this, and Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And then she quotes the Beatles. She doesn't actually quote the Beatles, but this is what she says. She says, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord, let it be. Now I'm gonna say something controversial right now and I'm not truly sorry about it. I like the Beatles, but I think they're overrated. Listen, listen, I appreciate their historical impact on music, but why would you listen to something that sounds like this? This isn't good, it's not. You're clapping, but it means nothing to me. Yeah, I, I like, want you to listen to this whole song and I can't right now. We're just gonna, can we just cut it, please? But like, why would you listen to that when you could listen to to a far superior British band that had a larger impact on the music we listen to today? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> Buddy, Come on. Make a big nice right? Street, you can't listen to We Will Rock You without wanting to stop your feet and clap your hands. Right? Some of you right now want to leave this place and just go fight someone because this song amps you up. So good. All right, this doesn't actually have anything to do with the sermon. I just wanted to share that. So Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is not what Mary wanted. She is confused. She is disturbed. But Mary says, let it be. Now, I'm not a mind reader, but I can already tell that there are some of you thinking this is the perfect message for my spouse, right, for my mother-in-law. You're thinking, I'm not controlling. I'm just aggressively helpful. I'm not controlling. I'm just thoroughly organized. Some of you are wound so tight, you make coffee nervous. You want to control everything. You want to control your kids, what they look like, where they go, who they hang out with, what they do, who they're going to marry, how many grandkids you want them to have. Some of you control your family, what you spend your money on, where you go on vacation, where you live, who you hang out with, how you load the dishwasher. That might just be personal to me. Did you, there is a right and a wrong way to load a dishwasher, okay? If you don't know, come talk to me after service and I will teach you how to do it. Right, you wanna control your career. You have it all planned out. If you work in your current role for three more years, then go after this new certification. Then you can move laterally, which is good because the person leading that next team is 65, they're about to retire. And then what happens when they retire? You wanna take their jobs, you work for 10 more years, and then you retire. Some of you, you really wanna control what people think about you. Social media is your greatest weapon. You get to show them the life you want them to see, filtered and edited. It took you 37 attempts to get the Christmas photo by the tree. You almost gave away a kid and divorced your spouse, but you're so mad at each other. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> and listen, I struggle with control. I'm just being honest here. My counselor likes to tell me that I have undiagnosed OCD, and some of you that know me are thinking, <laughs> undiagnosed, right? I love control. So what do we do? What do we do? Here's the big thought for today. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to let go. Let me say that again. You don't always have the power to control, to make him do what you want, to make her behave like you want, to get your marriage where you want it to be, to get your finances in place finally, to get your future lined up perfectly, to get your health where you want it to be, to have your kids do everything you want them to do. You don't always have the power to control, but you do always have the power to let go. And specifically, you have the power to let go and trust God and release the burden of control. And that was Mary. She didn't have the power to control her circumstances, but she could let go of the burden of control and trust God. See, we have a tendency to hear that an angel appears to the Virgin Mary and think it was easy for her because she was Mary. Right After all, there are statues named after her. There are cathedrals named after her. She's the Virgin Mary. But we have to recognize that she was an ordinary, everyday, average teenage girl. She was just a regular kid. Some scholars would say that she was 13 or 14, maybe 15 years old, because that was the common age of marriage in this context. 
She had hopes and dreams just like any other girl. She was dreaming about getting married, starting a family, choosing to have children in her own time, right? Maybe she had dreams that she would get to marry Joseph at Jerusalem Gardens and they would slow dance the Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran, right? It would be perfect. They'd have two kids, a boy and a girl. The boy would be named Joey Jr. The girl would be named Ava or Olivia. They couldn't quite decide yet. They'd have a dog, not a cat. They'd watch Netflix and chill at least four nights a week. She had hopes. She had dreams. And an angel comes to her and says, no, no, no. We have to make a change. God has something different for you. Confused and disturbed. And we know what that looks like. Some of you are feeling that right now. It isn't an angel of God, but we know what it feels like to have our life moving in one direction. Then suddenly it comes to a screeching halt. And the truth is, that feeling sucks. Some of you, you had a plan when it came to your family. You were done at two kids, and you got a bonus round, and you didn't see that coming. Or the opposite, you had hoped for three kids, and you found out that you couldn't conceive your first. Right? You thought the job was perfect when you took it. You had no idea that the company would eventually be downsizing, and now you're not sure if you're even going to keep your job. It could be a relational issue. Your marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. There could be an empty chair at the Christmas table this year. The person was there last year, and for whatever reason, they're not this year, and you never thought it would happen. It could be a number of things. You're confused and you're disturbed. You didn't think your life or your circumstances or your situation would look this way. You were just like Mary. When you think about it, she didn't know the end of her story. She didn't know that she would be an amazing mother and her son Jesus would grow up to change the world. She didn't know that three decades later, Jesus would give up his own life so that others, so that we could experience freedom. She didn't know that God would raise him from the dead. She didn't know any of that. And you don't know what's going on in your particular situation. You don't know if your marriage is gonna make it. You don't know if you'll ever get to start a family. You don't know if you'll ever see the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to your pain, your brokenness, your addiction, your diagnosis, you don't know. And all you want to do is be in control and you can't be because you don't always have the power to control but you do always have the power to let go and trust God. So Mary had a choice. She had to make a choice between her dreams and God's plan. She had to make a decision between her plans and what appeared to be God's purpose. She had to choose between her control or God's promises. She had to choose to let go and trust God. What I love, what I love about Mary is that even though she didn't understand the plan, she trusted God without knowing the outcome. But here's what she did know. She did know that it could mean her relationship with Joseph was over and he could walk away. She did know that she could end up being a single mother she did know that her community might not ever believe her or understand her and could shame her forever. But she also knew that even though she didn't know what the outcome would be, that she needed to let go of control and trust God. And we have the power to do the exact same thing. Now, I'm not talking about only kind of letting go and only kind of trusting God. Right? I'm not talking about letting go of 95% and clinging on to that last 5% because the truth is that just isn't possible. Let's put this in the terms of the movie Titanic. Almost all of you have seen the movie Titanic, but just as a refresher, this is Jack and Rose who are the main characters. 
right? They end up on a big ship together. They fall in love. The ship hits an iceberg and it sinks. That's the whole movie. If you haven't seen it, there it is, okay? That's three hours summed up in three sentences. You'll thank me later if you try to watch it. It's not that good. (laughs) But at the very end of the movie, the Titanic is sinking and they're clinging to their lives on a giant door that is clearly big enough for two people. This is the most controversial moment in movie history. But in this scene, Jack promises to never let go. Spoiler alert, he does. Because you can't kind of hold on and you can't kind of let go. It's all or nothing. And the same is true when it comes to letting go and trusting Jesus. It can't be, I trust him to save my soul, but I still like to fool around with girls I meet on Tinder on the weekends. It can't be, I trust him to forgive my past, but stay away from my finances. It can't be, I trust him to give me peace when I'm hurting, but stay away from my relationships. There's no such thing as partially letting go and partially trusting. So what is our desire to control rooted in? When I look at all the different areas of my life that I try to control, and believe me when I tell you, I'm I'm preaching to myself right now, my desire to control is rooted in fear. Right, the truth is our desire to control is rooted in fear. But here's the problem. The more we try to be in control, the more we fear losing control. The more we fear losing control, the more we want to be in control, right? It's not easy because everything in culture tells us you gotta make it happen. It's up to me. I've gotta get in there. I've gotta be strong. I've gotta manipulate it. I've gotta make it happen or else, right? Our desire to control is rooted in fear, fear of failure, fear of pain, fear of what other people will think, fear of things not turning out the way that we had hoped. But I think the biggest fear that we have is that God won't be there for us. This week, I got an email from a friend of mine that had a link to an article about the most popular Bible verse in 2019. In 2019, users read 35.6 billion chapters and listened to 5.6 billion chapters through the Bible app called YouVersion. In all of this reading, Paul's advice in Philippians 4.6 was the most shared, highlighted, and bookmarked verse of the year. This is what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Do you know what the second most popular verse was? 2 Timothy 1. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I know what some of you are thinking. This could just be a coincidence and an opportunistic pastor is using it to try and prove a point. And I get that. So let's look at 2018, Isaiah 41. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. How about 2017, Joshua 1.9. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, the reason we have a hard time letting go of control is because we're afraid that God doesn't care about us that God won't be there for us, that we'll be alone. And the truth is some of you disguise this as this idea of I don't believe that God exists. But here's what I think is really behind that. It's a fear that God doesn't care. And if you let go and trust him only to find out that God isn't real or doesn't care, then your life will get worse. It will fall apart. There won't be anyone to pick you up. So what you try to do is control as much as you can for as long as you can. But let's go back to Mary's story. Mary lets go of control and trusts God. 
She says, let it be. And when she does that, she begins to see the evidence of the faithfulness of God. Think about it. You're a virgin and now you're gonna be pregnant. I'm just being real with you. If when Ray and I were dating, she came up to me and said, God got me pregnant. I'd be like, yeah, we've got to talk about that. Right, Mary knows that she has to tell Joseph and she says, let it be. She trusts God. And what does God do? And she doesn't even know that he's going to do this, but God sends the angel Gabriel to appear to Joseph in a dream and says, this whole thing is legit. She trusts God and she sees the faithfulness of God. People around town, right, you know they're whispering, did you hear that Mary's pregnant? Joseph says it isn't his, Mary says it's God's. We know what they're doing, right? She's shamed for this. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit confirms it to her relative Elizabeth saying, this is of God. So she sees the faithfulness of God. You think about whenever Mary is giving birth, she's nine months pregnant and riding on a donkey. They go to a city where Joseph grew up and there aren't any rooms available, but she sees the faithfulness of God. He provides a stall next to farm animals. Now it's not ideal and we know that, but she gives birth to a son and names him Jesus. And while all of this is happening, an angel of the Lord appears to a group of shepherds in Luke 2. And this is what it says. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. This is just an interesting note. This is the same thing that the angel said to Mary, don't be afraid. Also, as a side note, don't be afraid is the number one command in the Bible. It's the number one that God tells us to do through his word. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Just as the angel had promised, the shepherds show up and confirm everything that Mary thought was coming. She let go, she trusted God, and then she saw the faithfulness of God. A few weeks ago, I was emailing with one of the team members here at Collective, and we we're talking about baptism, this idea of being all in and putting our faith in Jesus. And in conversations with her, I knew she was ready to take that step, but you could tell there was something holding her back. And so last week, I got this email from her, and I want to read it to you because I think some of you can relate. This is what she wrote. What was holding me back is the worry that if I'm trying to be perfect, does that mean I'm trying to be my own God? And if so, does that mean I don't fully grasp what it means to trust God with my life? And that scared me and brought me back to the not good enough to be baptized critic in my head. But I had a really, really incredible moment about two weeks ago as I had been wrestling with worry, and it sounds silly to type it out, but I had this abrupt but clear, no-nonsense thought run through my head. It's not about you, it's about him. And if that wasn't the most freeing, weight off my shoulders moment of my life, I don't know what was. It felt like permission to let go of the two handfuls of toil that I had been white-knuckling forever. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. What I'm working on is praying for the understanding that trusting God is an exercise and not a light switch. There will be good days and bad days, but as long as the focus is on him, I know I'll be moving in the right direction. So let me ask you a question. What is it that you're trying to control that God wants you to let go of? It could be a relationship. It could be a child that you're aching for. 
It could be a bad diagnosis. It could be that financial weight that's crushing you. It could be the hurt because of someone you've lost. It could be the addiction that you just can't seem to beat. It could be the guilt that you're carrying from something that you did that you can't undo. What are you afraid to let go of? And here's why all this matters. God promised he would send a Messiah, a rescuer to save humanity. Then God promised Mary that she would give birth to a son and he would be the king of kings. And then Jesus promised that he would give up his own life and defeat death. And the night before Jesus was executed, he was praying to God. And in his prayer, he asked God to take away the suffering he was about to experience. But then Jesus actually says the exact same word that his mother Mary said when she said, let it be. Jesus says the exact same thing. Jesus says, let it be your will, God. I trust you. And he goes to the cross and you have to understand this, a mother, don't romanticize her as a Virgin Mary, a mother watches her son suffering. But what does Jesus do? He lets go, he trusts God. And Mary watched as her son, the baby she raised, gave up his own life as a perfect sacrifice so that all people could experience forgiveness and freedom and hope and grace. It wasn't easy, but they let it be. They let go, they trusted God, and God's promises came true. And the truth is, all of this happened because of God's love for you. So I understand that many of you are afraid to let go. I understand that you want to have control because if you don't have control, who does? But you don't need to be afraid. You can let go, you can trust Jesus, and you can trust his promises. Promises like, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That's Matthew 11. Promises like, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. He doesn't promise that this is easy. He promises that there will be problems. But we can take heart because he has overcome the world. John 16. God will neither fail you or abandon you. Deuteronomy 31. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Psalm 147. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm, Exodus 14. If the Son sets you free, then you're truly free, John 8. I came to give you life and life to the fullest, John 10. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All things will be gone forever, Revelation 21. And so Christmas doesn't have to be a season full of stress. It doesn't have to be a season of more stuff you don't need of crammed schedules full of frustrations, of relationships filled with tensions and brokenness. It can be a season of letting go of control and trusting God and the promises that he made to you, to you. So for some of you, you're trying to live a life where you're partially holding on and partially letting go, but it isn't working and you know it. Others of you, today is the first time you've ever thought about letting go and trusting God. And when you heard me mention it a little bit earlier, you thought God would have to pry control out of my cold, dead fingers before I'd let it go. But you need to know that the way you're living isn't working. And the truth is, you know that. And we know that fear isn't gonna drive you to him. But the good news is you don't have to be afraid. God is so good. He left heaven to come to earth in the form of a child. He was without sin, he was innocent. He died as the perfect sacrifice so that we could experience forgiveness. He let go and trusted God and then God raised him from the dead. Why? So that anyone, and this includes you, 
no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how dark your past is, no matter how many questions you have, no matter how far you feel from God, you can know that God loves you, that God can forgive your sins, that God can make you brand new. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Because it's the reminder of the promises of hope, of joy, of freedom, of life that's so much better than what we can create on our own. But we just have to start by letting go of control and trusting God. Let's pray. God, we, um, <clears throat> we love control. In fact, uh, we're afraid to not be in control. Um, God, because we're afraid of what will happen to our life or our relationship, our career, our finances. Um, if we trust someone other than ourselves. But the truth is, God, we don't even really trust ourselves. We just don't know where else to turn. So, God, we're just so thankful that we have the opportunity at Christmas especially, but every single day, to recognize that we don't have to put all this pressure on ourselves to carry all this burden of control ourselves, that we can release those things, we can let go, and we can trust you. God, there are people in this room tonight um, that would say they're confused and disturbed. They don't know what's going on in their life. God, they don't know uh, if there's even a light at the end of the tunnel that they have to get through. God, I pray that tonight, um, that this week, that you give them opportunities to let go and trust you so that they can see your faithfulness. God, it doesn't matter how hard it is or how frustrating it is or how scary it is. God, I just pray that we can move a little bit closer to that this week. God, we're thankful that we have the opportunity to celebrate the birth of Jesus. God, of the hope that that brings, the peace that that brings, the real life, the true life that that brings. But God, I, I pray that it isn't just a celebration that we do once a year, but it's something that we move toward living in every single day. God, help us do that. God, help us let go of control and trust you so that we can see your faithfulness. God, we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.